Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today, I'm finally joined by the incredible singer-songwriter, Tom Spate. I'm saying finally because this has been a long time coming. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I, I think I reached out to you early in the year, maybe. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the podcast. and um, Thank you. I was hoping to kind of get into the studio and see you. But um, yeah, because obviously we're running up to kind of the, uh, the album coming out in August. They keep on packing in more and more. Uh, promo bits which is it, it's great but I kind of I always love kind of coming and meeting people yeah. in person and stuff but we'll uh, be heading yeah. out on tour with the album so hopefully we can get something lined up you have to come back for a round two yeah, from yeah. and I'll give, give you a hug in person or something there we go that, that's all I'm that's all I do this for just, <laughs> I just need a hug, hug. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, which it all sounds really nice, you know, we're talking about like the tours and like hugs and stuff like that. However, I do start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle, which is something obviously minor that gets on my nerves. So once I've spoken about it, it makes me feel that little tiny insequency bit better. And what really winds me up, Tom, almost twice, wound me up for quite some time, is people who ask questions on social media that could have, they could have quite easily have Googled. Things like oh, yeah, opening yeah, times. Yeah. And I think it's just intention seeking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that social media though, in general? Just like, it's just one big yeah. um, attention seeking. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, yes. I always, <laughs> this, is, this is maybe. I totally relate to what you're saying about 
opening times and all that stuff because normally in in with my job it's basically like uh tom mate when when are you on what's your stage time and it's like it you i i literally have posted five <laughs> times saying today stage time all of this stuff nine o'clock all of this stuff but it's um yeah i think so you know you can social media can be kind of stressful kind of and it can be it can i think the worst thing about it sometimes i've learned to cope with it a bit more it's like it can actually trigger your day like you can see something you don't like 100 probably these kind of things and do you um, have a set but- time when you because i always try my hardest for like the first hour of my day not to check social media because i used to be in this real toxic habit of like as soon as i wake up the first thing i would check would be instagram like i haven't even wiped like my eye bogeys out yet yeah. <laughs> in the morning but there, but there i am checking um, social media so i did this thing I, I got um for christmas i got a walkman and that's you're wondering little, on why, why is this man child that is in front of me getting a walkman and the reason i got a walkman is because i, I started going to the gym and stuff trying to be my best version of myself and um, <laughs> respect that yeah uh, so i started going to the gym and i found myself still checking my phone on the gym even because i was just mm. listening to music but i'd still you know, i'd want to skip a song or something or something like that and i find myself checking emails social media all of this stuff so i was like i'm gonna get uh, a walkman and basically leave my phone at home and get make a mixtape all of these kind of things get some i bought i've basically been trawling through ebay um over the last couple of months just buying sets that remind me of my childhood like you know like now compilations yeah um i normally try and go to the gym first thing in the morning so that is kind of my way of not checking my phone instantly and um, I've got a neighbour who, uh, who I've become quite good friends with. And um, he's actually the cousin of my manager as well, which is weird. It's kind of strange. Oh, like, wow. well, yeah. <laughs> together. but um, so he he's kind of an early bird. He likes to go to the gym about 6.45 in the morning. And that's just not me. Like, you know, I think the earliest normally I would get up is eight. So, yeah, not, at the moment, I'm trying to I put my Walkman on if he's not there or if he is there and I've been trying to get up really early and hit the gym and not check my phone. But I think it is, um, it's just like that default thing, isn't it? When you get on the train, mm-hmm. you're just like on your, on your phone, see who's what's up and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's just so easy, isn't it? It's just like, it's so easy, yeah. but then it's like that kind of thing. Like yeah. the more you kind of look down, you're missing out on these, some like, well, some incredible views from the train imagine there's some yeah. not so nice views. I mean, I'll get the train from yeah. Coventry sometimes. Um, yeah. so it's a beautiful place this time of year. I was in Coventry, actually, on the weekend. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was playing, basically, um, I since the pandemic, I started doing these things. Uh, they're, called house, the, how, well, they're called house concerts, which you yeah. know about. But... Um, I started doing these things. You remember when Boris um, did that thing of 30 people in the garden? Yeah. Yes. So I basically took advantage of that. I was like, 30 people in the garden, that's a gig. And, you know, I'll go and play someone's garden. Anyway, so I did that on the last record and I really enjoyed it. And it, I saw it a way of kind of trying out new songs, getting match fit for tour and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I was playing like um, a fan's house concert in Coventry on the weekend on Saturday. What? So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now in Coventry, it was yeah, looking mighty beautiful and the sun and all to that. To be fair, yeah, stuff, it was so, yeah. to be fair, it was a good weekend to be in Coventry, and we had obviously the Godiva Festival on, yeah, as well. Um, I mean, I didn't go to, yeah. I had a wedding, um, yeah. so I had to miss that. Out. But yeah, no, oh, that's weird. I mean, I mean, yeah. no respect that. Um, yeah, yeah, well, we we just you know. I just love playing live and, you know, whether it's a couple of thousand people or a house concert to 50 people. Yeah. You know, I just see it as like, you've just got to really value that, you know, people want to listen to your songs, whether that's 50 people or a thousand, whatever, really. Yeah. I feel very lucky to kind of just to be doing music, really. Um, I, I love hearing these kind of stories um, now. And I want to dive into your journey because I've had people on the show who've said that they've listened to, you know, like a certain song or an album, or they went to see someone live or they fell in love with an instrument and that kind of kickstarted their musical journey. How did this all start for you? Um, so I would say the first song that I ever truly fell in love with, I was probably eight years old hmm. and it was uh, Oasis Live Forever. Ah, um, strong start. Yeah, a very strong start. And I was, you know, obviously when you're that age, you're not really thinking, oh, is this the coolest song I could fall in love with or anything? You just fall in love with it because you love it. Um, and that I discovered that song on Now 33, which so was, um, you know, you get, <laughs> if you think about Now, uh, the Now compilations, there's like, what, 40 songs on there. And... Yeah, that was the song that resonated with me the most. And there, weirdly enough about that compilation as well, there was two Oasis songs on it. There was Don't Know Back in Anger and Oasis Live Forever. And that's quite weird for now. I don't think they normally do that. But um, that was the first song. And then I think the first time I got truly inspired when I saw a live artist was uh, Damien Rice. Yeah. Wow. And with Damien Ball is still was, one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Well, he, he that album changed everything for me. And I think also the biggest kind of thing about it was the fact that he had this like um, vocal interplay with a female singer, which was Lisa Hannigan. Hmm. And that kind of basically has forever inspired me to have always female vocals on my songs and stuff. And I actually wrote some songs with Lisa for my debut album, which was pretty cool. Um, so it's yeah, I think those that are Oasis, the Beatles, I'm a huge Beatles mm. fan, huge uh, Simon the Garfunkel fan, and this comes from like my mum and dad's record collection, really. Just like growing up with, I think I've always been a fan of like great songwriting and just timeless songs, and kind of I'm not really one to um, be kind of impacted by trends because like yeah. when I was growing up, like Pete, it was the trend of like so solid crew or corn you know that metal yeah. kind of era and all these kind so of one extreme to where, the other, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah 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 it was like garage or metal and i was like <laughs> listening to david gray and then people were you know was, you know i think it was it was quite even though i think david gray is very cool it was quite uncool at school to be like you know listening to some guy in his 30s kind of being very serious and you know but it, it, you know, that's what kind of resonated with me and my journey of learning how to write songs and all these kind of things really did the songwriting come before the singing because i've always found this really fascinating that how people know that they can sing 
Yeah, well, I I don't I I don't ever see myself as a singer really. I think my singing is to deliver my songs. Um, you know, I think I could be quite happy in ten years' time, kind of writing songs for the next One Direction and just yeah. counting the cash. Really. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I you know I love. Um, writing songs and just you know I'm forever inspired by you know whether it be having a conversation with you and then taking somebody from that conversation and then putting it in a song you know all of my songs are kind of like diary entries of where I'm at whether it being in a relationship with someone or coming out of a relationship with someone or having a phone call with my sister and then writing a song about that or whatever you know chatting to my best mate about anything you know it's 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 like diary entries and then I use my voice to kind of convey how I feel because I feel like obviously I wrote those diary entries yeah. so you know I, maybe I should deliver them but I if think your next you know, single, my favorite singers again if your next single is yeah. called anything remotely related to waffles I'm coming for you <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about you as well with the Jonas problems as well. I was thinking you need to. Oh, don't. I'm having a very difficult court case battle with them at the minute, um, which I'm not allowed to. I can't work out if you're being serious. Definitely not serious. Yeah, no, you could be. You'd be the fourth Jonas brother, which is you could do that, can you? Um, But yeah, my um, my my favourite singers aren't necessarily. Whitney Houston singers do you know what I mean yeah like they're like singers that you know with attitude and you know just you know emotion really yeah. and I'm not saying that Whitney Houston doesn't have emotion because I've covered one of her songs I love her music but um like Liam Gallagher is he's a rock star you know yeah he's I don't think it, you wouldn't you know if he was on the x factor would he get it through I don't know but he is you know, when I was a kid, I literally would walk around the room wanting to be him. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him a rock star. Um, so, yeah, the, and Bob Dylan, again, you know, he's 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 a, just a songwriter with who delivers his songs via his voice, you know. And it's this, this is what makes great artists, really. There's loads of great singers out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a great artist. No, I don't think I've ever heard it in that term before. Because obviously I have a lot of obviously singer songwriters and stuff on the yeah. on the yeah. show, but to hear it in a way that like the singing is just delivering your like your your words is yeah, is yeah. it's quite it's quite a powerful take on the whole kind of I guess the music in general. You mentioned about the um, them kind of like being like diary entries for yourself, mm. like yeah. has the music side of things that helped you be more in touch with your emotions yeah I think I've always I've always been a bit of a soppy git I think yeah. <laughs> I've always been a bit like that I've got three sisters and I don't know if it's having like a strong female presence while growing up but I've always been I've always been quite sensitive without sounding yeah. like a wet fart is that wet no fart? no I yeah we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go uh, with it but yeah, I, no, I'm the same. Part. I I still live with my younger sister, and I, yeah. I was raised by my mom, and I've mm. I've had strong, like women, like kind of role models throughout my life. So I I completely get that. I think it's I think it's healthy as well to be in touch with 
your emotions i think it for me it's always just been like it's just a way of dealing with things and songwriting has been like the biggest kind of way of coping with things really whether it's because i've had a lot of health problems and being in the hospital for you know a long uh, amount of time and stuff and it's the first thing i turn to is my guitar to yeah. kind of release whatever's going on really i do you know what? i i love this because I, i'm all for everyone having some kind of outlet you know i mean i, I say it all the time but like i have no musical out kind of talent whatsoever but sometimes when i'm having like a real horrendous day like one thread this morning is one of those mornings for me but i know for a fact when i have like a recording and i'm sat in front of the microphone having this kind of conversation it's just as it's just what i need because it's an outlet it's kind of i'm talking to someone who i respect who i listen to their music and it kind of gives me that kind of reassurance that i'm not on my own kind of thing yeah, and it's just yeah, so yeah. regardless if it's a guitar whether it's going for a run a you know a, a, an entry in your journal having yeah. that an outlet can really make or break kind of like your day well it's it's, it's your kind of meditation isn't it it's mm. like you're kind of like it's just you kind of almost cleansing yourself of like you know stuff that's going on and it's it's kind of like I I think it's like that. I think if you've got whether it's sewing or swimming or football or any music or whatever you like to do, I think it's just like I feel super blessed that I get to do this as a job. Yeah, you know that is crazy to me. And I every you know every day I think how lucky I am to kind of just be making music, man, and talking to people like yourself and just. It's it's not you know it's just baffling to me that this is this is what I do and I don't take it for granted and um, I think you know you meet a lot of people that are unhappy in, in their jobs and until you're you know I used to work at Mark Suspensers and like um, in my phone I had it as shithole and <laughs> <laughs> um, in my phone is like it literally was in my phone because I, I you know I, I love Mark Suspensers supermarket but i i was 16 uh 6 a.m was my start of my shift and it was just i hated it so you know i just feel blessed that you know i don't i'm not working there at the minute and um, yeah. you know that i can carry on making music and just yeah it's just it's just a wild wild journey of just yeah just really really happy really to be doing it was it a difficult thing to make that jump because i mean there's a lot of people who i talk to not necessarily on the podcast but like kind of offline yeah. um about that kind of fear of getting out of the comfort zone whether it's you know quitting the job and trying something new or getting out of the relationship or even asking someone out what um what made that kind of jump for you i think i never had a b plan like it was just always music and i think you know i, I didn't have a a record deal until i was i think i just turned 30 when i got when i got yeah. a record deal which is old it's old for to, you know you think I know. about it's i don't think it was that yeah. old because i actually it was the right time like i was yeah. like, to get it um but you know i've been in terms doing, of the music industry that's yeah kind of, i felt like yeah, it yeah. was like the right time and I hit at the right time and I worked for it and it was I felt like I was in a, a good strong position to get that record contract yeah. you know um but I've been doing music for like 
10 years probably leading up to that um, of, you know, trying to make it, whatever that is. And um, I think it was always, I don't, I didn't have like a second option. Like I, I used to date a girl and her mum, I got offered a job as a, as a, like a school teacher teaching music. And at that time I was unsigned, but I was a year away from releasing my first song that I really believed in. I just recorded these set of songs that would land me to get a record contract. And I, she was like, aren't you tired of chasing this Peter Pan existence? Her mum said this. Wow. And I was like, nah, nah. I was like, no, trust me, in a year's time, it's going to go off. I don't know why, but I had this real self-belief. Yeah. And it did. You know, we went to number one in Brazil. And, um, yes. And I and it was baffling. And I saw the girl actually. And she's a lovely girl. I saw her a couple of months late, like a, a couple of years later. And she said, "I'm still the same guy. I'm just a bit richer." And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a, you know, like a like a a funny fu to her. Because yeah. they, you know, I think you only live once. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way of buying, like being like, you know, I'm going to make it or anything like this. It's just like, I just, for me personally, like when you've had like a chronic illness and you've nearly died, like your outlook changes on life. Like my outlook is like, I'm literally going to smash the shit out of this because I, you know, it's so fragile life and it's like, you've got to make the most of it. And yeah, you know, I, we, you could get, I could get a job as a, being a school teacher and teaching guitar and that's brilliant. I'm just, but at this current stage, I've got these songs and I want to get these songs out there and I want people to hear these songs. I've got plenty of time, you know, if I do want to go be, become a teacher and, you know, and do that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'm just super thankful that I didn't have egg on my face and it backfired and I'd be like, yeah, you know. Do you know what though? Even if it did, you, there's something very remarkable about following a passion and kind of seeing it through because, and I, to be fair, I would not be sat on this kind of podcast now without having that kind of real painful experience and that those fears and those self doubts and stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, no, that's not what I want to do. I deserve more. And I think yeah. we're both now in a position where we're, we're sat here having this conversation better for kind of pushing past the self doubt, yeah. you know, navigating the sound if there is anyone listen to this who is struggling with like their kind of like self-doubt or you know yeah. they're not quite where they need to be in terms of like self-belief what advice would you give them i think as long as you i think it's unhealthy to stay in something that you don't love i think the moment you fall out of love with it and take it you know you're not enjoying it that's when you should probably think and if it's damaging to yourself then i think you should you know reassess things but for me music was you know it's always been my dream like like it took you know if you think about it like this if someone said to you you're not going to make any money from this job until 10 years in no one would do it yeah so like I was like you know people could have seen me throughout my whole of my 20s as like a fool for like pursuing this wild chase but I you know this wild chase was something I loved like it was it was everything to me and I you know I'd still if I wasn't releasing records in, on a label or anything like that I'd still be writing songs every day or weekly because that's just what I do it's like it's a part of who I am but I think if you love something you should you know I think anything that you love is worth fighting for and um, 
that that's it really i think it's it's just something you do it's who you are like you know that's it yes massive respect for that um I want to, I mean, obviously, if you're okay with it, obviously, I know you've done a lot of work recently with Crohn's and colitis, um, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. through your own experience. Obviously, I don't know this, so obviously, feel free to yeah, share it, whatever man. you feel comfortable with, but you mentioned it, like, throughout, kind of, the the chat so far. Yeah. Um, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What what happened then to get to that point where you nearly died, as you said? Well, so yeah, that's that's it. No one's actually really asked me that, which is, is I think people, you know, when you when you do these like media interviews and stuff, you kind of people you don't want to, I suppose, bring people down. You want to be positive and all these kind of things and say, look, I've got this thing and I'm all right. Yeah. And there definitely is that side of it. But um, the four years I had, so I got Crohn's when I, I was like 19 and I had an emergency operation when I was like 23 or 24 or something. For like four or five years of basically having Crohn's and being kind of just lost in it really, like in the yeah. wilderness of having chronic disease and not really knowing how to manage it, how to be healthy, how to get on top of it and all these kind of things. And my Crohn's was in such a bad state that I basically, my bowel perforated and I had um, septicemia and I had my appendix out and I was like 20 minutes from diet. It was all really scary. Wow. And um, I had basically the surgeon guy was like, we need to operate. Otherwise you're going to die and you're going to have to have a stoma, which is if people don't know what a stoma is, most people would, I suppose, know it as a bag or something yeah. like that. I don't really like that term because, um, you know, I know it as a stoma. Um, and, yeah, I've had it, and I've had quite a few operations since. I've had, like, a halfway reversal, which is kind of like I still have a, a stoma, but I don't have, like, an in-lostomy, a colostomy. It's all very medical, this kind of bit. Um, yeah, I've had it for, like, 10 years, and... You know, it's it's become, I think the, the amazing thing about humans is like they're very like adaptable and they're resilient. And, you know, I think to an element, people, all people really want is to survive and be happy and healthy. And for me, the stoma and um, has, has enabled me to do that really is to to kind of give me a lease of life and 
just yeah to take on life and to do my job really you know if you think back as well when I'm telling these stories about me trying to get a record deal I was my 20s were largely battling with Crohn's and having operations and all this kind of stuff so when I get to 30 I've got this life experience of you know everything that's happened over the last 10 years to write songs about and you know to have the work ethic to believe that you know you need to put work into it because this is something you love and it's like it matters and I, I think if I was maybe 21 and I had a record deal at 21 I probably wouldn't have I would probably would have taken it a little bit for granted maybe mm. and um Crohn's and all that kind of stuff and having the stoma has made me not take anything for granted because you know it's just life is so fragile really so um Do you know what yeah, I, I have so much respect for it and it, it's not the same situation at all, but I get all my inspiration from my mom. She's now in a neurological care home because oh, wow. life completely changed in a matter of hours. And yeah. it's almost that kind of like, it's a massive middle finger to kind of that way of life that could have so easily been. The fact that as humans, we have this ability to kind of get up and have that resilience to be like no like i'm not going to be defined by that and have that kind of appreciation for yeah. life itself and to be like no i'd like and i think regardless of what you're going through you can have that real sense of like you do deserve more it doesn't stop you you can still fulfill like a happy life and you know you you mentioned earlier on they saying like you know sometimes you didn't want it to sound arrogant and stuff i don't think it does i think it's you've got such a zest for life when you go through something like because you almost get a taste of well this could have been it like i could could not i could not be here and Mm. to have that kind of like well no like I, i i need more i want more i deserve more it's it's so refreshing to hear because you know the the bad things need to happen sometimes for us to appreciate the good which i think in this day and age it's very easy not to appreciate the good and to focus on the bad and you know it's it's quite a horrible place to be in but to navigate out of that and to have well the incredible music that you have now because of it like it's you've you've got to keep going yeah you're you're totally right i think as as well you you realize as well there's people out there that are going through a far worse situation than you're going in through and um i think you know everyone's got their own you know i'm so sorry to hear about your mum you know their own thing and i would never have known that and i think you will kind of caught up on our own thing and living on our own heads and all this stuff and you just it's this is why it's good for us to talk because you realize like you know this is what it's about isn't it just sharing stories and kind of realizing that you're not alone whether it being you're everyone's going through something you know and i think that's why if you stay within yourself and you just harbor all these thoughts you you feel you can feel quite alone really and that's yeah. one of the reasons why i wanted to kind of come out with having a stoma really i had it for you know 10 years before i even started opening up about it to like a wider circle outside of my friendship group because when I'd go to the charity events for Crohn's and Clytes UK, I would realise actually, you know, people are really scared about having surgery and all these kind of things. And then that's why I would say to them, I've got the, I've got a stoma. It's all right. It's going to be fine. 
anytime you want to chat, let me know. And it, I got a really great feeling because then they would reach out a couple of weeks later, these people I've been speaking to and say, thank you so much for the other week. I feel so much lighter. And I'd be like, actually, that, that gave me a similar feeling to, you know, when people say, Tom, I really like your song that you wrote about so-and-so whatever and um, that feeling and that's why i'm you know if you know i'm, I'm imagine there's probably a lot of people on the internet thinking will you just shut up about crones and all that kind of no, stuff and i get never. that i get that but i think <laughs> I, I, get, I get i think you know with the community that i'm in with you know my cronies um <laughs> I, uh, I think it's important <laughs> i think it's important yeah, the uh, my favorite one's the Attack of the Crones. If you're having a flare up, like Star Wars star. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really important that um, you know if you've been through something and you've got some positivity to share and you've got a community of people that need to hear it, I think that's why that's why I'm doing it really. No, I I respect it so much, and I'm I'm going to completely champion everything that you just said because. I, I wouldn't be sitting here, sat here having this conversation if it wasn't for that kind of attitude. So we, we've got to keep yeah. going. You know, I it'd be rude of me to be fair to have you on the show and not talk about Love and Light, the brand new album out in August. Yeah, tell me about it because I I feel like the anticipation up to releasing a new album. I feel like is there a lot of mixed emotions before it's released everywhere? That is, yeah, it's, you know, it's really weird about this whole thing as well. It's like, I do, I've been doing a lot of interviews recently and um, I've, I try and stay away from like being too pushy of promoting an album um, because it's, and I haven't really learned how to talk about the album yet um, because, you know, but we're building up closer and closer to releasing it in August and um as I've lived with the album, because I actually handed this album in nine months ago, because what wow. happened with the with the, with the way the record industry is working at the minute is, for me to get my album on vinyl, I need to submit it yes. nine months before for it to be ready for the day. So it's kind of crazy, but um, I think this album is the best one I've done, and not in an arrogant way, just like in just in sense of like I just think you know i've come a long way since i since i started making music and um i think it's i think people whether you like my music or not there'll be something for everyone to kind of latch onto whether you're into like the sensitive singer songwriter stuff or you want a bit of indie stuff or if you want a bit of like ambient chill out stuff there's something for everyone in in there and i think hopefully it will i think it will hopefully take me to a next stage in my career where I I, like I have like bucket list goals of where I want to be in music. And um, I think this record could potentially take me to that element. And that's because I feel like, not because I'm, you know, it's more commercial or anything like that. I just think some of the songs, particularly there's like two or three songs that I believe are like the best songs I've ever written. And that's because, um, I there's a song called Wonderful Wonder, which is like for me, it's song. You know, the weird thing is, you know, when people say, Oh, I wouldn't listen to my music, but this song, the Wonderful Wonder one, I would actually listen to it. Like it's something I would I could happily listen to it now. Like I love it. I think I'm really proud of it. And um 
I just think it, it's going to be a song that will be in my set for years to come. Like yeah. it just feels like I'm something I just want to shout through the rooftops about. Um, and I just can't wait for everyone to hear the album and to, for it to tour. I'm come, I you know, with the pandemic stuff of the second record, the last album, I didn't really get to tour it properly. And with this record, I'm going to Brazil again in October. I'm doing a big uh, UK tour. I'm hopefully going to Europe next year as well. So I feel like, you know, I just just itching to get ready, ready, man. You're ready yeah, for I'm it. Really, I'm, I'm literally pumped. You know, I've been trying to get in the gym and just get super strong, you know, because I'm uh, I'm going to be playing a longer set list for tour and stuff. And uh, I just want to just give it my all and just really just do the songs justice. I think you you will. Of course you will. There's, there's a lot, especially the feeling I got from especially the songs that are not the singles that are kind of coming out ahead of the album, I'm getting this real sense of like euphoria. Like I feel like they're a complete, they're allowing me to disconnect from everything that's going on around me. And I have this weird thing with music where if a song doesn't kind of take me somewhere else, I can't listen to it. It's not that I can't listen to it. It's, It's just kind of like, I don't know. It puts me in a weird kind of headspace. Whereas especially the songs that you're releasing at the moment, they do that for me. They give me that little bit of headspace and kind of, it's nice to kind of feel someone else's journey for a little kind of while, like for like three, four minutes. And you you do it incredibly well. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I think, you know, as the, as the songs release more and more, they're going to they get more and more positive as well, which is there's a there's just I just think that it's a really hopeful album in some ways. And there is a bit of, you know, that's the reason it's called Love and Light is because there is a bit of darkness in there, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, it's that saying, isn't it? Like light shines brightest in the darkness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just there's. Yeah, I'm excited. But do you know what? I'm going to send you a copy when I when I finally receive the vinyl. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I still haven't received it. I still haven't got it. So. <laughs> could have been waiting but, nine uh, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be I, quicker I'm to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could have had a baby this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what is that. That's, I've never thought about that. Like that. But um, yeah. have a baby is quicker than having a, producing an album. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I should get a copy first week of August, so I'll, I'll send you one. Amazing. No, that's exciting. Is there, Obviously, you mentioned there about like the tour and heading off to Brazil. We, I've had like a few guests come on and say, like, do you have any, like, before you head out on stage, is there like any kind of yeah. like nerves or anything? Like, how do you navigate that, like, that, that walk to the stage? Oh, so that's a good question. I'm a pacer. Okay. So I'm literally, if before you catch me two minutes before a gig and it's, I'm like a greyhound, just fucking just, <laughs> just shitting myself. <laughs> yeah, just shitting myself. Not in the sense of like, do you know, do you know what? It's, it's, it's me releasing energy and trying to just get, yeah. um, I feel like I'm almost, when I, when I do a gig, I'm almost feel like I'm going into like a boxing ring or something, you know, I'm really like pumped and super like, you know, aware and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's, it is a mad process. Like, I think that's what I said about not taking things for granted and all this kind of stuff. And like, 
every gig to me, I'm going through that process. If I do a TV performance or a radio performance, anything like that, I'm still getting that kind of like, oh, come on, yeah. that feeling. I think that when that goes away is maybe when I think, oh, I, know, okay, I need to take a step back for a second, realign my thought process and realise, no, you need to be in that mindset because it, it, all, it, I think it's all this way is kind of basically getting me mentally prepared for that show and i think yeah. if i'm not in that space where i'm not pumped and all these kind of things then i'm probably a bit like i don't want to be like you know going into a gig like i'm like you know waiting in a queue for a coffee i want yeah. to be like feeling like there's an urgency for me to get out there and you know sing these songs to the people but to add, that um, in itself just knows that you're doing the right thing because i feel like if you weren't if you didn't believe in it or if you thought like, oh, I can't really be bothered. And so you've, you've already said it in the episode, but like, I think having that adrenaline and that kind of rush tells you that is exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And it also the feeling of like, how many times during the day do you get goosebumps from something? Or, you know, it's a weird thing with like gigs, you get goosebumps, you in sometimes I felt being emotional about things and you, you you're laughing all the time when you've got your pit like your stage banter and all this stuff. It's just like it's just like a whirlwind of emotions, really. You know, the last time I got goosebumps was probably about an hour ago when I listened to Aftermath. No way. Shit. Yep. Oh man. That that song <laughs> is like it's it's a full-on it's a sad song, man. It's a sad song, but it's like it's it's so cool in the yep. sense of like the production on it and the backing vocals it's like kind of eerie but it's like it's like a it's kind of like a hug as well it's like it's, it's, it's weird. Everything, everything that you want in a song yeah go listen to it now guys listen, <laughs> listen to, to after that yeah just... it's beautiful honestly it, it's stunning it's it's such an incredible kind of it, it really does take you on a journey and yeah and the goosebumps never lie so well done <laughs> what song needs to be playing to get Tom on the dance floor? Oh, God, that's a good one. That's a good one. God, I, I should be prepared for this. Um, There's a reason why I don't ask. I don't put send yeah, these yeah, out yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah. I like to see the sweat. <laughs> oh, because I've been to quite a few weddings recently and I'm trying to think what gets me on the dance floor. God, you're just so you're so you're so annoying, man. <laughs> you should have given me a brief thing of this. Um, what is it? Uh, do you know what? All that's coming. There's there's a couple of songs that are coming to my mind, and it's that September one. But I don't know who the artist is. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, God, I, I mean, yeah. I, I can't believe you forgot. <laughs> no, I had a mental blank. All I can think is my movement to that song as some form of like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, have a go-to dance? Move? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, you know, as you can see by this latest video coming out of Trick of the Light, which comes out on the seventh of July, my dance moves are to be desired. They're sharp. They look sharp. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Oh god, I've yeah, I'm gonna go with that song. Oh, I mean, it's the song. Right side killers Classic. as well. It's a good one. It's not really a dance, but it's more of like it gets you like running to the dance floor, you know? It it does. And you know what? I have a bit of a 
a bone to pick with that song. And I don't know why, but I never remember learning the words to Mr. Brightside. But for some yeah. bizarre reason, it's like I've come out the womb and I know no, every but, word. Well, it's it, it does a clever thing, which Wonderwall does by Oasis as well. It repeats the verse verse again. And it has it's only got one verse. Oh my you know god. Mean? So coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine is the, I think let me I might be wrong. I think it's the next verse. And Wonderwall's the same is he ne- like a lot of that second oasis album he wasn't writing second verses cuz they were like half finished songs that yeah. he recorded. So on the flip side of that is there a song or an album that kind of pulls the emotion out of you? Yes. Okay, I'm thinking back to dance floors here. Oh, yeah. okay. Do you remember the song Leon Rhymes, How Do I Live? Without you. How Do I Live? Yeah, takes me back to being about... Yeah, How Do I Live? 11 years old, school dance, asking a girl called Lucy to dance with me, and me feeling like life never get better than this. <laughs> and hearing that song, hearing that song, and being teleported to being a shy eleven-year-old, and yeah, it just there's so much like I don't know. It just conjures up all these kind of emotions. It's weird, man. I, I love how I don't even really sense. like the song, <laughs> but it, I, I, was, I, I listened to it the other week. It came on the radio, and I was like, yeah, but I. I wouldn't have never have that as my wedding song, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, it just comes weird. It's a good one. Being a kid, I think almost things when you're a teenager, I think your emotions are so heightened, aren't they? Well, they're all over the and shop. Everything <laughs> hits a bit higher. Yeah. So right. I have one final question for you. And, you know, be, be as critical as you want here, but is there a song that if you were to put into a box, and kind of wrap it in chains, kick it to the bottom of the sea, never hear it again. What song would it be? Oh, can it be? Does it, can it be a novelty song? Yeah, it can be anything that you don't want to hear again. Something okay. like, "Is this the way to Amarillo?" <laughs> I don't mind that song actually. I don't mind it. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think over the years what songs have really griped me. Uh, God. there's a couple. There's a couple actually. I'm gonna be. Uh, there's. Do you know what songs get in my nerves? It's like the Crazy Frog era of music. It's. Do you know what? It's the one that is on everyone's lips as soon as I answer that question straight away. Is Crazy Frog. Yeah, those songs and novelty songs like the Mr. Blobby. Telly Tubbies, when all of these songs went to number one. Um, what about Bob you know, the Builder? Bob, I don't mind that. At least that's got a bit of a tune. Bloody <laughs> hell. Um, no, well, thank you so much for chatting to me, man. No, it genuinely, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I wish you nothing but luck with the album. I don't think you're going to need it, but best of luck with the album. Um, because from what I've heard already, it's it's incredible. And to hear kind of like the journey so far, like I'm only like more of a fan than what I was before. So thank you so much for joining me for a waffle. 
no no thank you man it's been really really nice to to chat and i have i reckon i've waffled for the last hour um <laughs> what you here um, for whoever made it to the end of this this podcast as well. yeah whoever made it to the end i salute you <laughs> hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.